0: Welcome to Marvelous Disney.
1: Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discuss the most recent doings of one of the more interesting divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which of course is Marvel Entertainment. As for who the Us in the show's title is, I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill. And look, since everyone on the planet is talking about Avengers Infinity Wars today, it's only appropriate that Aaron Adams, our resident Marvel expert, should now immediately join me so we can then get started on talking about this latest installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Aaron, come in. I have been itching
0: to talk about this for the last exactly 16 hours and 42 minutes. So let's get to it.
1: (laughs) Okay. And when I say everyone is talking about this movie, I mean, literally everyone. If you caught. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Friday night, they actually had a character on the show, uh, Tony Kane. Uh, He's a friend of Mac. There was this wonderful sort of throwaway line over the course of the show. Where Tony was dealing with Daisy and said, uh, Have you seen all the weird stuff that's going on in New York City? And Daisy was like, eh, I don't watch those. It makes me crazy. Which for me was a very nice get out of jail free card for this ABC show because for the Marvel true believers out there, when they heard Kane acknowledge that the children of Thanos were battling in Manhattan with Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Spider Man, I mean, it's just that's how they would have interpreted that line. So, hey, it looked the Marvel Cinematic Universe and. The Marvel television shows are in fact linked. On the other hand, if you're a casual viewer of Marvel's Agents of Field, the breezy way that line got thrown away is weird stuff in New York. You have no idea. So in a weird sort of way, it's just a nice best of both worlds, a nod to the fans. And on the other hand, if you're not really paying attention, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's not a whole scene wasted.
1: There you go. Now, we are recording this on April 29th, and this is the third day that Infinity Wars has been out in theaters. However, based on the original preliminary box office estimates that have come through, infinity wars has in fact delivered the goods this is everything that disney had hoped for happened it looks like this film will come in at about 250 million dollars for its opening weekend which bests the all-time domestic opening weekend winner the previous one which coincidentally was also something disney put out the force awakens back in december of 2015. What I find kind of intriguing about this is how they got to this number. For example, the AMC movie chain, there were three theaters in that chain. The Fresh Meadow, the AMC at Lincoln Square, as well as the AMC IMAX that's out on the Navy Pier in Chicago. They ran this movie 24 hours, around the clock, over the opening weekend. And and there were 53 other theaters in the chain that scheduled... 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. screenings. Now, you were lucky, Aaron. You got yours at a relatively decent hour, like at 6.30 at night.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't have to stay up all night. However, I would have if I needed to. Okay.
1: I want to tell you folks up front, we are going to be talking in depth about this movie and its storyline and what happens to its characters. But we won't get started till after our commercial break. But I wanted to circle back on something. There's been a bunch of anecdotal information out there about people mentioning how people react after the screening. Mm -hmm. There's been a number of stories out there about little kids coming out in tears. Did you encounter anything like that at all?
0: Actually, yeah, I did see one older sister tease her Little Brother, that there's going to be no more Marvel movies after this. That's it. The whole thing's over. And so for him, he was mildly devastated. And, and Dad was like, no, that's not true. I don't believe her okay. for a second. So he only had a moment of pure horror. But beyond that, mm-hmm. I think the audience that I was with had a super mm-hmm. wide age range from like four mm-hmm. years old to 99. And everybody seemed to know that they had to stick around for an end credit scene. Mm -hmm. People have picked up on that. It's been in existence long enough that people like my dad will have caught Iron Man on TV at some point by accident. And now he's Mm -hmm. aware of the Marvel Universe and accidentally has become a fan. So those people showed up and they enjoyed it. But I also think they all know it's a part one of part two. So Mm -hmm. there's more to come. It's going to have that Empire Strikes Back kind of feeling after you get done.
1: Okay. Now that said though, if you're a parent who has a kid who really has enjoyed the Marvel movies and but on the other hand you're thinking that this might be a wee bit intense to take them to the theater to see this, I do want to let you know I've been speaking with friends at Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. From what they're telling me, the digital download version of Avengers Infinity Wars will become available for purchase as early as mid-July, while the Blu-ray DVD probably won't hit till late July, early August. Disney wants to basically keep these under wraps because of course they want everybody to go to the theaters, to see it in IMAX, that sort of thing. But this is definitely coming. But if on the other hand, you feel like this would probably be easier for your child to take at home on the couch where you can hit the remote and go okay let me explain what just happened uh, there is another option it turns out there is a marvel arena show running around the country right now it's called marvel universe live ages of heroes in fact it just finished to stop in my neck of the woods it was down at the dcu center in worcester massachusetts and it's just moved on to the Dunkin' Donuts Center in, in, in Providence, Rhode Island, but it's by the Feld organization. It's the, the same folks who do the Disney on Ices or the Disney Live or the Sesame Street Live. And right. if you've ever been to one of these sorts of arena shows, you just have to understand, instead of Disney princesses, you get 25 Marvel characters on stage. And the one that's touring the country now is the second show. This arena show originally launched in 2014. I want to say it stepped off from the Staples Center out in LA. In 2017, they launched a brand new This Ages of Hero show, which manages to fold in the newest characters to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Panther is featured in the show, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, and it's your standard Disney princess show only with superheroes, so you get a Elaborate character costumes you get indoor pyrotechnics aerial stunts and through the use of, of video projection and a huge pile of in-theater special effects you get the Marvel superhero villains and, and such battling in front of you and kids really eat it up so you could use this as a placeholder until the blu-ray and the dvd are available this thing is headed to pennsylvania later this week and then later this summer it's all over texas it's got stops in houston austin fort worth dallas corpus christi come the fall it's back in the heartland stopping off in kansas and columbus ohio and i was just down the feld entertainment page and they actually have dates lined up for the arena show all the way through march of 2019 In fact, Aaron, again, I'm really not familiar with this, but it must be hugely popular because they've got a 10-day stint planned for Fairfax, Virginia in March of next year. So it's like, I mean, to be able to fill an arena that many days is kind of stunning to me. But like I said, if you, you have a kid and you're kind of concerned about whether or not they can actually handle Infinity War's this might be an option as a placeholder until the blu-ray dvd comes out
0: i think that the marvel brand makes so much money but they've Mm -hmm. got comic books they've got tv they've got film and Mm -hmm. overall it's entertainment based so when you're looking to expand when you're looking to get new fans at a young age you have to you have a not so much punch and kick version of the superheroes but like a more family friendly version of some sort of dilemma. And you put that out and it's like, what other types of entertainment venues can we bring Marvel heroes to? And you get to stage shows or something like the ice capades where you put them on ice skates and you set it to music. And like to me as a mid forties adult, I would never buy a ticket to that. However, I would love to work on that doing sound. That would be an <laughs> awesome job. I'm not the target audience for that specific thing and I would go nah, I'm not buying a ticket for that but in the industry the Marvel name is got a lot of credit to it and if you can work with them then wow you're doing something special so yeah I, I think it's cool that they're always trying new avenues and the fact that it's working good for them
1: yeah and like I said if you head up over to the Feld entertainment page they have a couple of pieces of video from the show and you're right, it's got to have a stunning sound profile given a lot of the stuff they do, but I was actually kind of impressed with the costumes. They've got a giant Hulk outfit, some sort of performer on stilts that you definitely buy into, and they have a Groot from the first Guardians that gets fairly tall as well, so it's like, I appreciate the craft of it. I don't know if it's the best night of theater I'd ever go to, but...
0: It's aimed towards kids, so obviously we shouldn't feel oh, yeah. guilty about not wanting to go see it ourselves, but mm-hmm. if you're an entertainer, If you're some form of professional ice skater, if you're a lighting director, if you're a set designer, if you do costumes, working on this in your career field would be considered a high profile job that you'd be very, very proud of. And you would put out your best kind of work. You know, you don't get slouches that sign up for this because you have to commit to it like
1: a life. Oh, definitely. And when you look at, I mean, an 85 city tour. Yeah. You're committed. There we go. All right. And speaking of committing, if you don't want to hear spoilers in regard to Infinity Wars, now would be a good time to get yourself committed. Go someplace far away, lock a door. Because when Aaron and I come back from a, a commercial break, we are definitely talking about Everything. Avengers. <laughs> If you have yet to see this Russo Brothers movie and don't want it spoiled, please bail out now. Once we come back, we're going to get into specifics, so you have been warned. And we're back. As Aaron and I have mentioned repeatedly over the first half of today's marvelous Disney episode, we're about to get into specifics when it comes to Avengers: Infinity Wars. Details about what happens to specific characters over the course of this Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Still here? All right, Aaron, they're still here. What did you think? of marvel infinity wars
0: i really really liked it but i was also really really bummed out the entire time because we lost we lost (laughs) we lost (laughs) but i kind of expected that because it's part one of part two i just didn't expect it to be thanos winning so completely i mean i i applaud marvel for saying yes let's have the bad guys win and honestly if the mcu ended right here with the i mean it would be devastating but i think it would also be almost thrilling to have it all just gone in a blink because the bad guy won I like where it left us because I'm emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. All my favorites are just wiped out in the in the blink of
1: an eye. See, now that's what intrigues me. Take, for example, when you look at the final lineup, when we get to the end of the movie, and yes, we have Tony, he's off world. But if you look at that group in that final image, you've got Steve Rogers, Captain America. You've got Black Widow and Natasha. You've got Rhodey. You've got Bruce Banner and the M- least believable I'm inside of the Hulk suit piece of CG I've ever seen in my life but (laughs) this is with a few exceptions I mean you got rocket there and of course Thor this is really the lineup of the original Avengers from 2012 right and that has to be deliberate at my heart I'm a constructionist I'm a big believer in like the whole Chekhov thing you show a a gun in act one you got to use it in act two and it's like there's so much stuff that was done plot-wise in this. Like, for example, one of my favorite moments out of this movie is when they're on Titan uh-huh. and Star-Lord and, and Tony notice that there's Doctor Strange you know, sort of vibrating and phasing in and out of time and it's just sort of like, Tony goes, up, what is this about? And it's like, well, I just went over all of the possibility, the $14 million possibilities for how this turns out. And Do we win? Yeah, there's one way. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is kind of the brilliance of this movie because this is think about it. how many people come monday are going to be standing around the water cooler going all right what's the one way because clearly that influenced Stephen Strange's choices over the next 15-20 minutes of the movie. What right. he did. Yeah, Remember the scene on Ebony Maw's ship where it's like, look, nothing personal, but I have to protect the stone and I will kill you and I will kill the kid in the spider suit to protect it. Right. But later in the movie, he hands it over. In fact, to save tony stark so that must be part of the one
0: way out of the 14 million possibilities he had to do that and he does mention to stark we've entered the end game and i think even said i had to or something like that before he disappears
1: i love the craft of this thing in fact you know that to me is the real tribute to the russo brothers i mean don't get me wrong we knew from civil war from the scene at the Lipzig Airport where you had all of those characters battling, but this amazing action scene that went around the airport, inside the airport and all that, but you kept track of all the characters. You even kept track when the characters switched sides in the middle of the fight. Right. These guys, are brilliant at that sort of thing. That narrative clarity that, I think how many movies you've been to in an action scene where it's like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, You lose your way, and that's really bad as an audience member. This was a two hour and 20 minute long movie that of course we all then sat there for another 10 minutes to catch that end scene. Yep. Did it feel like a two hour and 20 minute long movie to you? To me, no, to my wife, yes.
0: Uh, She was checking the watch, I was not.
1: That, to me, was the really impressive part about Infinity Wars. The fact that this many characters, this much story, but you always were able to keep track. Yeah. Let's talk about the very first scene of this movie and how inside of five minutes you establish the stakes of this movie.
0: In the first five minutes, Heimdall gets run through by Thanos Mm -hmm. You get Loki choked out, presumably dead, but he's, as Thor states later, he's died several (laughs) times, so who knows? There we go. There we go. He looks dead for the time being. And then you have the Hulk get his green bum handed to him with no problem whatsoever by Thanos which I think causes psychological problems for Banner and Hulk throughout the rest of the movie where Hulk will not come out to play. And I enjoyed that part of the storyline for people who are fans of the Hulk and just want to see Hulk smash. They may feel cheated by putting Banner in, in a, Hulkbuster suit later on in the movie, but can't speak on their behalf. I just know that some people might feel like they didn't get their hero in that
1: movie. Now, it's so interesting you bring up the Hulkbuster suit because, again, there's been a lot of chatter already online about did Disney deliberately bait and switch? If you've seen... The television commercials. There's a shot of the Hulk running with the armies of Wakanda, with Steve Roger, with Bucky, with Natasha, and in fact, I want to say it's the Falcon up in the corner flying with them. Mm. But they're clearly going into battle, and the Hulk is there. Right. In fact, it was Drew Taylor, who I do the fine-tuning show with, who made some inquiries at the studio for me. Because again, I noticed that, and it was like, often you'll be watching a, a commercial for this thing, and they'll show the Hulk running with these guys, and but then they'll suddenly show shot of the Hulkbuster suit towering over the armies of Wakanda. So it's like, no, wait a minute. Can these both be in the same movie? Because Banner never came out of that suit. Mm -hmm. Evidently, Drew made some calls and said, evidently, the decision to keep the Hulk in the suit was made very, very late in the game. In fact, supposedly, if you go to toy stores now... There's a version of the Hulkbuster suit where the Hulk bursts out of it. There's a toy on the shelves now that evidently was put into production because this used to be a scene in this movie. And I did expect Hulk to bust out of that at some point. Did you ever expect it to happen? I did, but at the same time, I think you're the one, Aaron, who pointed out that rather than a standalone Hulk movie, they were gonna take the story.
0: And spread it over the next four movies. Yeah. That started in Ragnarok
1: the whole he felt like he was locked in the trunk of a car thing
0: right and Hulk was in control so now we're in the second of the four movies and now Hulk doesn't want to come out to play because he just got his butt whooped by Thanos and I think Hulk is is afraid the next Avengers obviously will be where he will appear next and I would guess the next place that we get to is a compromise where Hulk works with Banner and we get a smart Hulk I think that's where the next leap goes.
1: That would certainly make sense. Now, to sort of circle back on something, I mean, again, you mentioned that you walked out of the theater bummed up because Thanos had so obviously defeated the Avengers, Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I have to tell you what I loved about what Joss Brolin did with this character was that this wasn't a one color villain.
0: No, it was a brilliant villain. As a matter of fact, both my wife and i were kind of rooting for Mm -hmm. thanos to win because Mm -hmm. we liked his endgame. he wasn't Mm -hmm. a dude that was out to just rule the galaxy Mm -hmm. like so many bad guys are he wanted to bring peace and prosperity by thinning the herd a little bit and giving us more room to grow Mm -hmm. given a little bit of backstory about how his planet was wiped out you give him a little bit of sympathy there's a logic to it and it makes sense and you're almost like yeah Go for it, do it.
1: <laughs> what I find fascinating is if you look at Killmonger from Black Panther, and, and you look at Thanos, we are so far past
0: the mustache twirling woman tied to the railroad tracks. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it just I, I love the fact that it's a complex villain. Yes, it's a smart villain that really does up the stakes. But that said, forgive me for for using this phrase, folks, but. I kind of have to pay tribute to the balls that Kevin Feige showed in this situation. I mean, think about it. In 1989. If you want to go see Back to the Future 2. And you wanted to see how the story ends. In six months, you went to the theater, you bought one movie ticket, you saw how Marty McFly actually did get back to the future and everything was set right. And conversely, you know, if you look to say the Matrix movies, but think about it with the way this story ended, and in fact, you know, I love the whole Nick Fury reaching for the 1990s type pager Mm -hmm. that's got some weird additional tech on it and hammering on it before he goes to dust. And then it was so funny was to be in the screening and to listen to the audience members around you who recognized the insignia. And the rest of the audience is like, what? Mm -hmm. And this whole notion that in order to be up to speed for by the time Avengers 4 comes around... You actually have to buy two movie tickets. You've gotta buy a ticket in March of 2019 to go see Captain Marvel so you understand why When you're a Nick Fury and you're backed against the wall and you absolutely positively need somebody to save the universe this is who you reach out to and Mm -hmm. see all of that backstory get all that essential information and then only then when you're armed with that info can you go into a theater properly and see Avengers 4.
0: Now that we've got all of that out of the way we'll get to the nitty gritty on who gets killed off and were you surprised by any of the people that got killed off Jim?
1: I was kind of surprised to see Spidey. Go down. Right. In fact, there was a part of me like you didn't mention Aunt May. Again, that's (laughs) me. I'm, you know, I'm a purist. To watch basically. Everyone from Guardians Go, or for that matter, to take out Black Panther. Right. This is my job. I know that Spider Man Homecoming 2 is coming out on July 5th, 2019. Exactly. And likewise, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is scheduled for 2020. In fact, I was just talking with somebody at the studio about how they're kind of playing slippy slidey with which date they're gonna go with in 2020 because first, Guardians came out in August of 2014 and did very well. Second, Guardians came out in May of 2017, Mm -hmm. also did well. And as of right now, Marvel has two open slots. They have a May 1st, 2020 slot and they have July 31st, 2020 slot. Mm -hmm. Either one of these would be good for Guardians 3. But the interesting thing is that supposedly What's swinging the deciding factor here is that the Guardians indoor roller coaster that's being built for Epcot will supposedly open the spring of 2020 out ahead of walt disney world's 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. so in order to sort of maximize the publicity the smart money now seems to be on the may release date for that so they can sort of do the venn diagram of hey the movie just opened up and hey the attraction which actually features Footage that was shot during the production of Volume 3. So please come to Epcot and buy this thing. But same thing, Black Panther supposedly has a release date for May 7th, 2021. Likewise, Doctor Strange 2, which is supposedly November 6th of that same year. So everybody we saw go down has a movie movie coming out. out. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: Like, we know they're coming back.
1: Yeah, I know. This is so, so temporary. I
0: know, but and the thing was, as I was trying to go over it with my wife before we went into the theater, we we're trying to place our bets on who was going to get killed off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just like, well, you know, the easy money is just put it on everybody whose contract is about up. Kill them off, and then you have Doctor Strange, Spidey, and Black Panther come in, and you, suddenly you are ready for the new Avengers as the next movie Mm. and that didn't happen at all and so i was just like well i don't know what they can do after that so next is ant-man which Mm. apparently they won the lottery of the results of infinity war and didn't lose half their cast by that so they're okay as far as the timeline goes in a self-contained story Then you get to Captain Marvel next year, then Avengers after that. So there's really not a lot of movies in between now and the next Avengers to expand on what happens. We're pretty much going to have to wait because we're going to get an origin story for Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And then maybe at the end, they're going to tie in like the last 10 minutes to, oh, and by the way, she now gets a page from Nick Fury in present day and we're ready for the next Avengers
1: movie. Today, somebody pointed out that Disney is really going to owe Sony a solid because you can't do a Spider-Man Homecoming 2 trailer until after Avengers 4 comes out. Right. Because that character hasn't been resurrected yet. So we're talking the sequel being released in the same window, late April, early May of next year, which means they only have two months to do publicity and the heavy, heavy push for Spider-Man Homecoming 2. So Mm -hmm. I know we're popping the hoods, getting into the business end of things here. But when you're spending $100 million plus and making your superhero movie, you want people to know about it. You don't want to keep it under a bushel, so to speak. Speaking of which, you were talking about the Venom trailer. It really ties into
0: what you were just talking about, because I think that Marvel has a plan Mm -hmm. and I think Sony stepped in it and they don't know it yet. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We understand that Spidey's coming back right after Avengers next movie with his, you know, Spider-Man 2, whatever it ends up being called. And I think if they do something story wise with Spidey specifically in the next Avengers movie. That will lead or dovetail directly into the next Spider-Man is what Marvel had intended. And the way that Sony stepped in it is they came out with a Venom movie. And I think this is the very first time I've ever seen in a movie trailer for Marvel. You know, the big red Marvel flag that comes up for any Marvel movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. This time it had in big letters in association with Marvel. Normally, it just says Marvel. I went back through old X-Men trailers, through Deadpool trailers. Even the very first Venom trailer didn't have this. But this one all of a sudden does. And I thought, why would Marvel try and distance themselves from Venom? Aren't they kind of sidestepping it a little bit by adding in association with? Hmm. So I wondered, why would they do that? And then I started thinking about, okay, Spider-Man's gone. All of these people just kind of poofed out of existence at the end of Infinity Wars. What if they're not just gone, but transported to another planet? And all of a sudden, the next Avengers is actually Secret Wars. And then I started going, oh, my God, that would be crazy because Spider-Man gets his black suit in the Secret Wars comics. That means that Spider-Man 2 would actually be him in a black suit fighting the symbiote. And that would be it gets fans really excited. And the other thing that I thought of is, if you think about every movie that comes out, every hero has a new costume. And the reason they have a new costume is because Disney is also selling a line of toys along with every movie that comes out. So you need a brand new version of every character so you can sell it again. I've got 13 copies of Iron Man because they made a little change every movie. And so the suit that they started off with in Spider-Man, they've had his traditional one with the webbing underarms is, is very reminiscent of his classical look. They've had the Scarlet Spider look kind of by his homemade suit. They've had an Iron Spider introduced into Infinity Wars, which was fantastic, by the way. The one suit they have not yet been able to bring out is the black suit. The other thing is Joe Russo has said they would love to do a secret wars movie, but they're so busy doing infinity wars. They can't think about that right now. So the directors want to tell that story. What if the next Avengers was secret wars? Spider-Man gets his black costume and then leads directly into a black suited spider-man versus venom movie and marvel didn't tell sony this is our whole game plan they're not going to tell sony that so sony's like hey they're in creative control of spider-man what do we have left we have spider-man's nemesis and friends so we'll make a venom movie if that's popular we'll do a black cat and a silver sable movie and so they start pushing out a venom movie and marvel is like damn it and they take a step to the left
1: (laughs) i like to think i can think three dimensionally, but you just went fourth dimensionally on me. So I'm, I'm, we'll take this under advisement. I have to admit one of the things I really enjoy about where we are now is I'm not sure. I mean, again, I'm one of these guys, I'm almost six years old. I've seen millions of movies at this point, I annoy Nancy, no end that we'll be watching a movie and I'll turn to her 20 minutes in and heck I did it. You've seen of them, you know how the wheels work for a plot and what I really enjoy about where we are right now with Infinity Wars is I don't know what's going to happen next. Now, mind you, I have seen some photographs that were taken on the set in Atlanta, and it they show a, what appears to be a clean-shaven Chris Evans dressed in much the same way that Captain America was in the first Avengers movie. He's there with Tony Stark on the scene, and we see the Lang character, Ant-Man, walking into the scene. And understanding that in the last Ant-Man movie, they sort of talked about... Going to the quantum level and would perhaps that be the key to time travel or I mean there's a lot of that's the other thing that there's a number of shoes that haven't dropped yet. What does Ant Man and the Wasp bring to the table? Are we in a situation where you don't need to buy two theater tickets, you need to buy three to get these little pieces of information that to continue along?
0: Well, there were some people that were confused about Mantis because they hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So it's Mm -hmm. it is getting to a point, especially in Infinity War, where if you mm. haven't seen all of the movies, there may be some things where you go, what was that all about? And you're not yeah. familiar with the character because you didn't have that experience with them in the it's previous movie.
1: It's so funny you say that because when Gamora and Thanos go after the Soul Stone, what was it like in your theater when the dark figure that's guarding the site suddenly revealed himself?
0: There was one nerd in the theater that leapt out of the seat and said, Red Skull! And that
1: was me. (laughs) Uh, I have to admit, I get it again. What I love about this movie is I never expected to be in a position where I would feel bad for the Red Skull.
0: No, I was just so happy to see him again. It was like, oh, we always wondered what happened to him, and now we know, and now it's just like, seriously, that's your punishment? Oh, you poor... (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, but, but again, I, I love that this movie was full of moments like that, where everyone would get their moment. I mean, for example, I, in the Battle of Wakanda, that great little scene in the ditch where it's Black Widow and Akoya going head to head with Proxima Midnight, and Scarlet Witch has to step into the breach. And I love the noise the audience made after Scarlet Witch sort of threw Proxima into that giant garbage disposal, whatever it was. and Wheel of Death. <laughs> For as much of the big stuff they did right, I love the little stuff as well. I love the Sanctorum where Tony Stark and Dr. Strange are talking, and and the subject of the Marvel-themed ice cream flavors comes up. I can't remember the names. What were they? There was Hulka Hulka Burning Love, and uh, (laughs) what was it? It was... Stark had one. Stark Raving Hazelnuts. But at the same time... I mean, even movie people who were only in the movie for a second did some wonderful work. I mean, I love, for example, Peter's friend, Ned, who, yeah. you know, Peter turns to him, I need a world class distraction. And he gets up and runs on the aisle. We're all going to die. I understand the very thing you were saying, that for people who were just coming into this movie, this would have been tough because there yeah. were so many things that paid off from movies like reference done. movies you know again the, the other 19 or 18 or 19 marvel cinematic universe movies previous to this
0: i gotta say that one thing that proves how far they've gone as far as world building is mm-hmm. if you think you start off with iron man it's like okay we got a, a guy in a suit who can fly and you're like mm-hmm. okay i can buy that mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you go all right here's a guy from world war ii who's frozen in a block of ice and we just thought him out and you're like all right, a bit of a leap, but I'm on board. And then you go, okay, here's an Norse god. And you're like, what? And you know? And then, okay, now we're going to team him up. And today, in this movie, Spider-Man jumps into an opening scene with Tony Stark, and he's like, hey, boss, what's going on? And Stark says, that guy's from outer space. He's after the wizard because he's got a gem that controls time. Stop him. And Spidey's like, okay, and you're off and running. We're mentioning wizards, we've got magic, we've got gods, we've got technology, and you can say it all in a line and everybody's like yep that's what's going on to stop the guy from getting the wizard
1: the fact that again you've been enough times in this universe that the cliff notes explanation works or well, for that matter i love that they're still able to surprise you i mean for example peter dinklage yeah comes into the film like the guy who uh, stormbreaker is that with the axe i forget and i guess at the same time i the very thing you were talking about the economy of storytelling i mean the notion that Peter Parker on the spaceship about, well, how are we going to get rid of Ebony Maw? And it's like, well, have you guys seen aliens? And, you know, and and the fact that when it happens, well, of course, they blow him out through the side of the hole, just like they did in aliens.
0: The fact that Spider-Man likes the same movies I do makes me think that we would be buds, like we'd be hanging out on the couch talking about sci-fi and and stuff like that. Yeah, obviously, he's my favorite character. But the fact that he also likes my favorite movies just thrills me to no end. And the the sci-fi references, the pop culture references are what saves the day, somehow.
1: Yeah. Long story short, folks, Infinity Wars the fact that what we ended up here after taking so long to get here is so many movies, the fact that what Marvel Studios delivered wasn't bloated, all of the action was clear. I guess my only concern is this one is going to be tough to top. You were mentioning earlier about certain people at the end of their contracts. I mean, what's kind of interesting is that Chris Evans has already said, well, you know, maybe I will hang around.
0: Yeah, there's no need to actually kill off anybody. I mean, if they're out of their contract, Thor can go rule over some piece of space Mm -hmm. and rebuild Asgard and doesn't have to get killed off for any specific reason. He can just go retire.
1: Mm hmm. But on the other hand, you had that wonderful scene at the top of this thing where Tony Stark and Pepper Potts were kind of talking about we want to have a kid, want to have a normal life. And
0: why not let them have that? Let them have that. So,
1: all right. Well, anyway, folks, this brings us to our the end of our very spoilerific take on Infinity Wars. Of course, if you disagree with what Aaron and I have talked about today, we would love to hear your thoughts. And additionally, if you have your own theories about where this is going to go, likewise, feel free to share those beyond that we will be back with another marvelous disney podcast fairly shortly because again this is marvel and there's a lot of stuff coming from them including i can't wait to see what happens with marvel agents of shield we're still waiting to see if that gets renewed and anyway for myself and aaron adams this is jim hill and thanks for listening